Rethinking Leadership podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature, and in this podcast, I interview leaders on their experiences of leading change, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. I'm interested in exploring how we lead disruptive change in a way that has a positive benefit for employees, business, and society. In other words, how do we be more human and relational in our leadership and make a difference? This week's guest has some great tips on leading teams in a more collaborative and relational way. More on that in a moment, but if you'd like more information on leading teams through fast-paced change, you can download a report from my website at www.jude.team. Hello, Lewis Smith is the founder and managing director of Salad, a design and digital agency based in Dorset in the UK. Bella talks about the process of selling her business to become a 100% employee-owned business and the challenges she faced along the way in the process. Bella explains how selling the business into an employee-owned trust enabled her to be much more honest about what she wants personally. Have a listen. Hi Bella, thanks for joining me today. Hi Jude, it's lovely to see you. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you tell us who you are and what you do please? So I am the founder and managing director of Salad, and we are a design and digital agency based um, in Poole, in Dorset, on the south coast. We've been around for just over 20 years. It was our 20-year anniversary this year. Oh, congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, Yes, it was an amazing milestone, actually, Mm. to to achieve. It was great. Um, It is great. And um, and we deliver um, uh, typically sort of big brand identity projects and digital projects for clients and then sort of surrounding marketing, design and strategic services in those areas. And you've had another major milestone this year, haven't you, as well, as well as being 20 year anniversary. Do you want to tell us about um, your, your journey and what you've achieved this year? We have. Yeah, it's been a really significant year, 2021. Um, So this year we converted to being uh, 100% employee owned. So in April, um, we did the the, the deal, if you like, um, and um, I sold my shares to a newly formed trust that now owns Salad, uh, so an employee ownership trust. And that trust exists for the benefit of the employees. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's a really, it, it, it was about two years of work uh, in total. I, I don't know if work's the right word. It was about two years of preparation um, to get to that point. Um, and yeah, and we achieved it in April, which is awesome. Um, and so whilst I am still the founder and MD, I'm no longer the owner. Um, so for me personally, it's kind of, it's a bit like a lot has changed, but nothing has changed. You know, there's a sense that ownership is um obviously it's it's a big deal to own something and it comes with a level of responsibility and um i suppose uh, status that's involved in that as well um but ultimately it's just a um it's an intangible ownership you know whereas actually being an md it's like you know it's a day-to-day nuts and bolts thing mm-hmm. um so i sort of feel like whilst that is a significant change for me personally um it also isn't much of a change um but what's been very interesting is and likewise i think for the team you know we consulted with uh, the team for about a year before this transaction happened um 
And I think it was probably the same for them. You know, their jobs didn't change from one day to the next, but there was this sense of, well, there is something else that's different. And so we're in a period now of kind of bedding in, if you like, or, or sort of learning. What does this actually mean for us as a business? What does it mean for people as individuals? Um, and it's been a really, you know, we're still in that early stage. of this. I think the first 12 months are going to be quite um, pivotal and informative in that in that way. So for anybody that's not heard about employee owned businesses, can you tell us what that actually means? I'll do my best. Um, so uh, an, an EOT, an employee ownership trust, is a HMRC approved model. It was uh, launched, I think, in 2014. Um, and it's a way that businesses can transform to being employee owned in a sort of a structured way that means well number one I suppose the thing that's really interesting about it is the employees they don't have to buy any shares they don't have to take any you know, you know borrow any money or, or take any risks you know your employee contract from the day that you're that we're not employee owned to the, the next day where we are contracts don't change but the crucial difference is that um that's as, as, as an employee, as a beneficiary, um, you now have um, a say. Uh, there are certain things that the employees now can um, make decisions on. And the idea is that um, we want to, I think we've always been quite a democratic business anyway, but really elevate that to become a more official sort of way of being. So, so that's the sort of EOT model. Now, of course, employee-owned businesses have been around a lot longer than 2014, John Lewis being the obvious example that most people's minds jump to. Mm. So the employee-owned model has been around for a while, but this employee employee ownership trust is is a new structure um, that was launched in in 2014. And there's a governing body uh, called the Employee Ownership Association. Um, And they're really, really helpful in terms of uh, well, number one, just connecting other employee-owned businesses with each other, so you, um, you can have uh, sort of learn from other people's journeys and processes in in um, moving to being employee-owned. Um, and we are definitely on that journey. And I think there are two there are two parts to it. There are doing things uh, by the letter of the law, which of course um, you know we have done, and uh, you know you have to do. But there's also doing it in the spirit of being employee-owned. So that's much more of a sort of cultural thing of how do you, as a new, newly formed employee-owned business, um, make people feel like owners, basically. Mm-hmm. What, you know, then there are, uh, so in the old old salad, um, when it wasn't employee-owned, we had uh, a, a, a board uh, for salad. And that was kind of the, the, you know, we had boards and we had we had a board and we had shareholders. That was the, how we ran the business. Now, they happen to be the same people uh, in that particular example. They're not always, obviously. In the new model, we have three components, if you like. That might be the wrong word, but three entities that kind of make up the running of, of salad. So we have the original salad board. Um, and uh, that, that has changed a little bit. We have one new person on that board um, who wasn't a shareholder before. We have the trust board, so the trust also has a board, um, and their ultimate responsibility is to make sure that the business is governed properly in terms of the employee ownership rules, uh, and also to um, act in the best interest of the beneficiaries, so the employees. And then the third entity is uh, something called an employee council. 
So this is a, um, a, a, it's, it's not a board, but a board type um, structure, if you like, where uh, the employees have the opportunity to feed up to the trust board in terms of their um, any thoughts or wishes or feedback that they have. Um, but they also have some quite specific uh, roles and responsibilities as well about um, about how the business is run and what we can and can't do. And this is uh, sorry, a you go on. Well, this is a very different way of working from the traditional hierarchical owner puts a board in place, board manages organization. And I'm simplifying it because of course business is never this straightforward, is it? But you know, we tend to think of business in a very hierarchical way. What I'm hearing is you've created something that's very distributed where everybody has a say. What what made you go down this route? Um, oh, I have so many questions for you. So I'm going to dump. I'm going to dump a few out now. <laughs> I don't normally do this, but I'm going to dump the the obvious ones. So I'm interested in what made you go down this route. Um, how you how you've had to change as a leader in order to do that, and how does that affect the way everybody works as a team? Okay. I'll start with the first one. So um, in 2014, I bought out my former business partner. Um, and at that time, um, I, I think probably before that time, we were very much a lifestyle business. Like we started the business. We, we said we wanted to do nice work for nice people and enjoy the journey. And that, you know, that's still true today as it was then. Um, but I think at that point, I was, you know, I was kind of a new sort of sole owner and kind of like, right, you know, where are we going with this? And I bought in a consultant uh, and we put a plan together. You know, it was actually the first plan really that we'd ever had. And the plan was to grow the business and to sell it, you know, to sell it to a group, to sell it to one of those kind of uh, businesses that buys uh, design agencies. Um, and we put that plan in, plan in place uh, around 2014, 2015. Uh, and I and I worked really closely with uh, my FD Andy Brown uh, in terms of sort of um, thinking right how we're going to do this and we and we, we we were sort of on the journey and in 2018 we sat down as a board and we kind of asked ourselves really honestly like how are we doing on that plan you know is that plan still relevant for us is that something we still want and we kind of realised that. Um, if it's something that we really wanted, we weren't really being ruthless enough in that pursuit. Um, and I think, again, it was because we wanted to enjoy the journey, you know, and, and so it wasn't just about this goal of, of the exit of the sale, you know. Um, and, and, and perhaps by chance, who knows, but at around that time, Andy learned about something called an employee ownership trust. And he said, I've learned about this thing and I think it's interesting. Should we, should we have a look into it? And what what we sort of like the sound of uh, at that time when we didn't really know much about it is we'd always had this really really we've always been quite famous for our culture you know we've always had a very strong sort of family-like culture which I know isn't unique but you know it was it was a nice thing that we had about our business um and and we and I've always been quite a sort of um a democratic leader I, I'm definitely well as you know Jude because I've worked with you on the horses like I want to bring people with me I'm all about um uh trying to uh you know uh sort of yeah bring people on that journey with me and, and consult rather than dictate in terms of decision making um and so we've always been very open and honest in the way that we run the business and lead the business 
And it just felt like, actually, from that, from a cultural perspective, it would work really well. But also um, from a sort of future aspect, it felt like, well, actually, you know, we, we know that if we sell to a, a group, let's say, it's, it's, there's a risk there. Somebody could come in and they could kill the culture, you know, bring people in who people don't like working with, you know, just really, really change it. And, you know, not all businesses survive and thrive when that happens. Mm. So the idea of not being sort of subject to that also felt really nice. So we thought, well, okay, let's look at this. And the more that we found out about it, the more that we just felt it was the perfect fit. And for me, uh, and now that we've we've sort of executed the plan, I think what what I love about it is I feel like it's a real win-win. So number one, um, you know, I get to realise the asset that that was my shares, um and but also still be very much a part of the business which I still deeply deeply love and care for um but I can also it's like a very slow and honest succession plan you know the the team know that ultimately you know in the medium term I'd like to go part-time and ultimately I may always have an involvement in salad or I, I might not you know and that and that is okay but I'll be here for as long as the business needs me but it's a very nice, honest way to be able to say, you know, I I wouldn't mind perhaps having a few fingers in other pies or, you know, having a bit more of a portfolio life in the future where I'm not quite full time. And ultimately, of course, that means not being MD. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been able to say that, which I think in a way before the EOT, I would have felt nervous to say to the team. Um, so that I think was your first question is, is why? Remind me of the second. Well, what's it, what's yeah. the difference for me? Yeah, well, what I'm hearing with that is that um, part of the process for you has then been being much more honest about what you personally want and making sure that the business provides that so that it's not just um, you being MD and founder and owner. And But it feels like there's in some ways more of you in the business and more honesty and transparency is that is that how it's very true yeah it's very very true and I think you know the pandemic thrown into that as well of course which uh, was a really a challenging time for us and we lost 60% of our business overnight and you know it was not you know 2020 was it's it's a very very interesting 18 months for me it's been the worst of times and the best of times in my working life Mm. Um, but yes I think the combination well it was the pandemic I think that really kind of um, spurred us on in the OT decision. It was it was like actually, if we're going to do this, let's get on with it. And part of that was about sharing that news with the team um, and trying to do that in a sensitive way. And you know, in hindsight, you know what the feedback I've had is that when I first shared that, there was lots of unanswered questions and people were like, well, number one, I can't imagine salad without you, Bella. You know, you're such an intrinsic part of what we do. And, you know, what will it mean for me and all of these sort of questions that came from the team. But over the course of the year, we sort of gradually answered those and went through that process. Um, but, yeah, that sort of I don't know if radical honesty is the right term, but that sort of very, very honest and open place that I have got to and we've got to as a business has been a really positive journey and something that I've really enjoyed. And I feel it's really interesting. I feel now like I am enjoying my work more than I have for a very long time. I'm really loving the, 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 the team that we have, the clients that we're working with, the work that we're producing, but the dynamic that we have in salad right now is just, it's just great. And that comes from, yeah, honesty and teamwork. Um, 
and yeah, this sense that we're we are we are less hierarchical. Of course, we're, there's still hierarchy. I am still MD. I'm still the leader. You know, being an owner doesn't mean being a leader, but it. But nonetheless, you know, being an owner does give you a say. And we want. I, I want. You know, we want to bring people into uh, that sense of feeling like, yeah, we 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 are contributing here we're benefiting from this new model and we have uh, you know, we have a voice that is there and, and wants to be listened to what's been the greatest challenge for you in in transforming the organization in this way um in terms of the eot um <laughs> it was um my the most challenging bit for me has been um so we um this is very honest we appointed a trust board um for the um for, for the trust as i've mentioned earlier and the uh the trust the external trustee and i clashed a couple of times in the um in the sort of period leading up to the to the transaction I don't know if clash is the right word, but it wasn't it wasn't super easy. Like there was there were definitely some times where it was really, really challenging to come to an agreement. And uh, Paul, who's our external trustee, he's brilliant and he's a very, very experienced board member and he is absolutely belt and braces. Um, And he was just making sure that we had every single detail buttoned down. And that was a new experience for me. You know, I had to um, you know, there were a few there were a few meetings that were quite challenging, but we got through it. And, you know, he is a he's he's brilliant at what he does. He's a, he I knew him. I chose him to be an external board member. So it's not like he was this random person. He was actually my mentor for a couple of years before this period. Uh, so I knew he wasn't easy before we even went into this, but that he was the right person. Uh, and I still stand by that. But it, yeah, that that's probably personally for me being the most difficult thing. But. I don't know. I don't look back in any other way thinking um, thinking that things have been difficult. How has it shaped your leadership? Um, I think what's been great is like, I, I really love that sort of feeling of learning, you know, and this is this is a new chapter for Salad. This is a new chapter for me. And like we have got to learn you know, how do we become a great team, these three entities, the salad board, the trust board and the employee council, you know, we could, we could face a future where we were all very separate, them and us, you know, but ultimately, what we want is to bring us together and to know that each, each part of that triangle has their role to play. And we're relying on each of those uh, entities to do that. But ultimately, we're working really together as a team. So I think that and that's the that's the um, the period that we're in now is sort of establishing there, there are rules with EOTs, but not everything is written down and sort of buttoned down to the last minutiae detail. So it's about sort of understanding, well, how do we make this work for us? We've got to make sure we're, uh, you know, adhering to the rules, but there's so much more to it than just the rules. It's about culturally, how do we make this work for our business? And I think that's what I'm really enjoying at the moment is, is, um, is that sort of, you know, getting that, learning that as we as we move forward um and i suppose the other thing which is really nice is we have you know we have an amazing team of people and i am enjoying this sort of open and 
um, more democratic, even more democratic culture that we are forming, um, which which I think we're yeah, again, we're on a journey on, but it feels like it's it's going in the right direction. Mm. What does like in order to be able to shift to that much more democratic, distributed way of of working, collaborative way of working? I mean, we talk a lot about collaboration, but actually we're not good at collaboration. Even people who think they're really good at it often aren't because collaboration requires that radical honesty that you talk about, whereas often we collaborate by being nice. How do you how do you make sure you truly collaborate rather than the, the nice version of collaboration? It's a great question. Um, we we recognized a while ago that and well actually we did the um five dysfunctions of a team we uh, uh, as a leadership team we read that it was just before the pandemic and we did the exercise of i can't remember all of them now but you know trust we came out really high on uh, we have you know we have a good trust culture and, and i believe we still do now and the thing that was the challenge for us was about accountability and it's about how do you actually call something out when somebody is you know, not delivering or what, for whatever reason, when you have to deliver some difficult news, mm. how do you do that? Um, and I think we've been on a journey with that as a business. Uh, one of the things I'm grateful for, because I, um, well, I'm, I'm learning, but, um, you know, you, as a leader, you have a set of beliefs. You think this is how we are as a business. You know, this is how we behave with each other. And there's been a few instances recently where I've learned that I'm wrong. You know, that's not my belief is not necessarily completely accurate because I have, you know, I've learned that or I've, I've believed that for whatever reasons. But now that we have this, you know, this new dynamic of people and, um, uh, you know, the, the the sort of three entities, I'm I'm getting I'm getting more um, radical honesty that's coming up. It's not just about it going down. Mm. Um, and that's a great opportunity for me or all of us to say, oh, actually, I thought I, I thought I believed that thing. I was wrong. Okay, well, I'm glad to have learned that. I can perhaps be, behave differently, or we can do things differently. Um, that hopefully means we're a, we're a better team, we're a better business. And I, what I hear in that is um, is a vulnerability and a humility that is required to to say as the MD, there's another way of doing things, or there's another way of looking things, looking at things and that the buck doesn't stop with you. So do you find that freeing in some way that the buck doesn't stop with you or or have you had to learn to step into the humility and vulnerability of being told, Bella, there's another way? I, I think in many ways, I still feel like the buck stops with me. You know, I am still MD. I still have that responsibility that comes with that role. Mm. Um, and I take that really seriously. That's, you know, um, that's a, that's a, a you know, that's a responsibility of, of my role. Um, but I have enjoyed um, feeling like I can be more vulnerable and more open and honest in the, in, in sort of the last year or so. Um, and hopefully in doing that, encouraging others to do the same. And I think as we have, you know, we have a really established team. Um, and it feels like through that, through, through what we've been through in the last 18 months, through moving to the EOT, through asking, asking the team for their feedback, that, that we are, and also investing in, in different exercises. So we've recently done an exercise called Motivational Maps with the team. 
Um, and it was really, it was just brilliant to do that. And, and you know, we, we do these things every so often, different sort of types of, I don't know, personality profiling or, you know, team building sort of exercises. And it was very, very interesting to learn about each individual person's motivation, but to learn about our collective motivations. And there were definitely, um, there was a lot there that was uh, that was common. Um, and then, of course, what's lovely is you start, you learn about your colleagues, you learn about yourself, and um, and that just helps you to be a better team with each other. So for anybody else thinking about, or, or you know, maybe not even heard about, um, employee-owned trust or, or business what would your advice be to them um so I think if you if you haven't heard about it or if you think oh that sounds interesting I might want to you know unpick this a little bit more I would send them to two different places so the first is the employee ownership association which are an absolute sort of fountain of knowledge and really really helpful nice people um in terms of you know exactly though individuals businesses who are thinking this this sounds interesting i want to know more and there's also a guy called chris chris bud and he's written a book and he has a program called the eternal business um and the program is um for um businesses that want to prepare for that transition so i think he says that businesses should should allow between two and five years for this um for this transition because there are, and, and I, I get why he says that, there are, there are things that you need to do and to put in place um, culturally, not legally, but culturally, to get your business into shape for um, an EOT. And I think the benefit for Salad is that we already had so many of those pieces sort of naturally as part of our culture. So it was much more about preparing me and Andy, who were the for the former board and we both still are on the board but um and so preparing us sort of understanding it and sort of thinking about is this going to is this the right thing for us and then once we've made that decision um sharing that news with the team and sort of going through that i don't know if it's a consultation pro process but a sort of going through the education process in terms of just making sure um people felt that they understood what was happening and what it meant for them um and yeah, what, what, are, what are the implications? What are the benefits? What, why should I care kind of thing? Um, and then finally doing, you know, doing all of the working with lawyers and accountants sort of preparing, you know, I have sold my business. That's a, that's a technical thing to do, which I've never done before, which has been really interesting for me to go through that process. Um, and there's, you know, that, that involves a certain amount of work for lawyers and accountants, even without it being an EOT transaction. So I'm hearing there's a, there's a, there's the logistical and practical and transactional piece, which you would always expect to have with a sale of a business. And that often once you've done the sale of a business, that's when the cultural shift often starts to happen. What I'm hearing here is that the cultural shift needs to happen before the transition, because otherwise on day one, you suddenly you're uh, yeah. operate in a completely different way. I, I, I 100%. I mean, I think technically you don't have to um, set up your employee council um, until um, or it has to be a maximum of six months after the transaction. So there are some, you know, there are some technical rules. Um, uh, but yes, you know, nonetheless, so you don't have to tell you don't even have to tell your employees that you are converting to an EOT if you are sort of doing this by the letter of the law. But from a, as I said, there's the sort of technical and then there's the spirit of it. And from a mm -hmm. spiritual 
not spiritual, but from the from the perspective of the culture side of things, um, yes, you know, it, it, it's the right thing to do. I believe it's the right thing to do to prepare the business, to prepare the people. Um, and and but but that doesn't stop on the day of the transaction, you know. It, it actually it's just the, the start of the next chapter then um, and we are definitely still in a big period of learning and we've you know we've said to ourselves as a, as a business you know we, we've got to um, let's allow ourselves this sort of bedding in period and know that we're going to make some mistakes you know we are going to we, 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 this is a big learning curve for all of us and we have to forgive ourselves if we don't do everything perfectly because there is there isn't actually a rule book about this side of things um about how you culturally kind of embed this into a business and it's interesting um i've been on a couple of sort of seminar type calls at, at the eoa and listening to how other businesses have done it and actually everybody does it a little bit differently and that is okay because every business runs a little bit differently so it's like how do you how do you make this work in the context of your business your culture um and of course not every business sells 100% of shares it's like there's so many different variables um but you know where we are i guess we are about 6 months in um and it feels like um you know it feels like there's been some sort of penny drop moments for all of us and going, aha, okay, well, this is why it's different. Yeah, I can, I can really feel this now, you know, and I'm expecting, I'm sure there'll be some more of those. And how have your customers found coming on the journey with you? Well, our, our clients are such a, an important part of, of, of us and shaping us. And we have, um, you know, many clients, you know, we, we think of them as friends. They are really precious, valuable people to us. Um, and they've just been wonderful. They've been so supportive. They've been championing us, um, and it's been lovely to feel like um, they've kind of got our back in that way, if you like. Um, but ultimately, I think one of the, the things we did um, here when um, we initially made the transaction was, you know, are there, again, are there going to be any changes? Um, so there was a period of we needed to make sure we reassured them that, um, this was something that was, you know, there was no immediate changes. There was nothing to sort of worry about. And, and ultimately that proves in the pudding. And I think we are delivering that pudding right now. Um, and that they can see that, you know, from a, from a cultural perspective, not much has changed because we have always been a very tight and um, sort of democratic team. Um, but yeah, they've, they've been supportive and, and, and actually what's been very interesting is uh, a number of clients have said, we'd like to do the same thing. And I think one of the reasons, you know, what we do, what we deliver, particularly on the design side, is very, very subjective, creative, you know, creative work. And and I and I truly, truly believe that you you have to have um, a sort of you know this sort of shared whether it's shared values or some sort of cultural connection with your clients. And that is why I think we can call so many of them friends. We love working with our clients. Like they make our lives fun and hopefully we do the same for them. Um, and of course, deliver great work that, that gets the results. <laughs> Not forgetting that. Um, but I think it's very interesting that a few clients have said, we'd like to do this too. And it just shows that we are really genuinely aligned in, in many ways. Mm. Uh, and I hope that in the future, we will get to work with more EOTs because I think it is an enormous connection to have that in terms of that shared culture. Mm. What what have you learned the most as part of this process? 
Um, I oh, personally, personally mm. um, I have. I tell you, the, the thing I think I've that, that springs to mind is wh- where we are right now, which is really lovely. Is we are we have this sense of we're a really tight team. We're not, we don't want to grow massively. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like there's only so many seats on the bus here, you know. There's only so many clients that we, we only have so much capacity in terms of the work that we're doing. You know, we we turn work away. We are, we're in a we're in a great place where we have this kind of really lovely team. We have a we only work for clients that we know are the right ones for us culturally and in terms of the work that uh, they want they want delivered. Um, and I think I've learned that, you know, we, we in the past, I've been kind of thinking, well, well, we have to grow and we have to get to X and we have to, you know, we, you know, we're on this path where we want to sell to a big group or whatever it is. And I think going through this process, I've realized that it doesn't have to be all about growth. You know, it can be about being small and perfectly formed and being very, very happy with that. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, my um, view on Salad's direction will become less important over time because there will be other people that will kind of become become a louder and more authoritative voice than I will. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't think salad will ever grow in the future or that's not, but I think right now I am really enjoying kind of being very, very comfortable in our own skin, not feeling like we have to, you know, shout to the world about everything that we're amazing at, just having this kind of real inner confidence of where we are, the journey we've been on. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's just a really nice place to be. It sounds very freeing. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, I think the other thing that's been freeing is, is working from home. You know, before the pandemic, I was very anti-working from home. So I didn't enjoy it personally. I didn't feel productive when I did it. And I didn't really trust people to do it either. Um, and I've, well, I have to, you know, I've eaten my words. I've proved myself completely wrong. And I love working from home now. And we, you know, I think we have a small enough team that it works very well for us. We still have managed to keep that cultural connection as a team. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, I feel like the business does feel more free. Like we are, we have this incredible trust culture. You know, if somebody says, I can't make that meeting, you know, the team meeting in the morning, because I, um, you know, I'm going to go to a yoga class or, you know, or something, you know, we're up, that's fine. Like we trust you. We, we know you're going to deliver what you have to deliver. And I, th- I think there might even be more of a journey we can go on with that, but that's kind of, it feels where we are. So it sort of feels like we've, we've become more open. We've become more honest. Um, we've become even more democratic and trusting. And that's, that is a different business to where we were 20 months ago. And that feels that feels really like really joyful for me of that mm-hmm. sense of everybody gets to show up fully and be themselves and engage and say, here's where I'm at and here's where you're at and how do we somehow meet the needs of everyone? That, I mean, that's true. That is true collaboration that we're all trying to find. But, and I, you know, I don't want to gloss over. I'm sure there are difficult conversations that have to be had as well. Um, but But there just feels like this real sense of joy of, this place that you've got to of not needing to have to continually strive for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, but actually to enjoy 
the process of where where next what's the next step and and how does everybody feel included in that yeah I I, I do as I said you know this it's been a really interesting 18 months for me you know it has literally been the worst time of my life in my career in March April 2020 when business just fell off a cliff mm. and I definitely questioned whether I wanted to continue you know, and and coming out this other side, you know, converting to an EOT, just loving loving my job. You know, part of doing the EOT is about me saying I don't want to do this job forever. Whereas right now, I feel like I love my job. Why would I want to change it? Yeah. <laughs> so, but but that's okay because I I don't I don't need to, and and it, it will you know it it will evolve mm-hmm. and. And I'm just very open to wherever that goes and not feeling like I've got to have a deadline or a plan or anything like that. I just I'm just trusting that it's it's going to work for me personally. And obviously for salad, we're not quite so sort of um, plan uh, deficient. Um, But yes, it is really, really joyful for me. And um, and I feel like that that does sort of. translate to the rest of the business I think we know the feedback is good of where people are their sense of happiness of involvement um, and um, yeah I think the, the challenge of course is when you know when you run a business you know that you have ups and downs and you know you can have these kind of purple patches where you're winning all the lovely new work and things are being delivered efficiently and you're enjoying it all you know and then and then you can have tougher times mm. and um so it's like how do we how do we kind of keep the trains on the tra- train on the track um and keep in this really nice trajectory that we're going and I think part of that is about saying knowing who we are knowing what to say no to you know uh, and sort of having that inner confidence rather than feeling like you've got to sort of shout to the world about you know what you are and what you do um yeah Fantastic. Bella, it's been amazing to talk to you. I've got so many more questions, but maybe that's for another another day. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Thank you so much. Even though Bella is still the MD, I can't imagine how hard it was to let go of making all the decisions when the company was founded by her in the first place. I think that speaks volumes about her willingness to be bold and courageous, to work through the difficult conversations that she spoke about, and build a deeper level of connection and trust in the process. Whether you're considering an employee-owned business model or not, I think there's much to take from Bella's radical honesty and ability to bring people with her. Where are you not being honest, either with yourself or with others? What would you say if you spoke with the radical honesty that Bella mentions? I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Please share it with someone else so we can collectively inspire each other to rethink leadership in the world. If you'd like more information on leading teams through fast-paced change, you can download a report from www.jude.team. That's it for this week. I was your host, Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature. Until next week, keep leading and I'll be back soon with another interview on Rethinking Leadership.